said it's all right 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 don't you know that just a little talk with jesus makes it right it's all 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 right don't you know that just a little talk Good morning. I'm glad to see everybody out this morning. I was a little nervous when they had the live feed up there. I thought, I really don't want to watch myself lead worship. <laughs> All right, we're going to go ahead and start with a prayer, and then we'll get into worship. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for just so many blessings, Father. We thank you for sunshine and for rain. Uh, Father, we just thank you for the way that you bless the earth. God, we thank you for the way that you look after us. Uh, Father, that you provide uh, constantly. Uh, God, we know that every everything that we have is a blessing from you. Everything that we have is a gift from you. Uh, Father, just pray that, um, that when we wake up in the morning, God, that we would know uh, that our first breath and every breath after that is just um, because of your grace and mercy. Uh, Father, just um, just help us to remember you always. Father, help us to see you in everything around us. Uh, Father, in nature, uh, in people. Uh, Father, in just, in just all of your creation. God, help us to remember um, what you have done for us. Uh, Father, that you have sent Jesus for us, uh, that we are blessed, Father, that we are saved because of him, uh, because of his sacrifice for us, uh, God, that, um, that we are brought into your family. Uh, Father, we get to be a part of this family uh, because of his blood um, shed for us uh, that makes us your sons and daughters. And God, I just pray that, um, that we would be uh, grateful, that we would live our lives in gratitude to you. Father, we'd live our lives in service to you and to each other. Uh, Father, that you would help us to be unified uh, in, who, in who you are, Father, in your name. Um, just pray for those who are sick. Uh, God, I pray for those who are um, either having surgeries, God, or doing testing. Uh, Father, those who have been in the hospital for uh, just extended periods of time, Father, just um, continue to pray for uh, Lila Napier and for uh, pray for PJ. Father, that you would bless him. Uh, Father, that you would give him strength. Uh, Father, just pray for all those who um, are going through uh, cancer treatments, Father, or uh, surgeries. Uh, God, whatever the situation is, we just pray that your hand would be on them, uh, that you would provide healing if it's your will, uh, Father, but you would always provide comfort, you would provide strength and faith, uh, God, and you would give us the opportunity to serve. I uh, just pray that you would be with our service, pray that you would be with our worship right now, Father, that we would lift our hearts to you, that we would lift our voices in song, uh, Father, that we would not hold back from you. Uh, Father, you're so worthy of our praise. You're so worthy of our worship. Uh, Father, I pray for the men who will serve this morning, that you would be with their hearts, that you would touch them, that we can, uh, we can read your word, uh, Father, as though it's the first time. Uh, Father, that it can have effect on us. Uh, Father, that we can lift our hearts in prayer, uh, that we would um, truly communicate with you. Uh, God, that our communion time would be a blessing to us. 
Uh, Father, would be a um, connection with you and with each other. And I just pray that you would be with Jamie this morning. God, be with his heart, uh, be with his mind and his words, uh, that he would speak what you have given to him. Uh, Father, he would speak boldly. He would speak with uh, passion and power that you have given to him. I just pray that you would um, be with the leaders of our church, be with the leaders of our country. Uh, Father, help us to make wise decisions. Uh, God, help help our country to look to you. Uh, Father, and uh, just please be with this church. Help us to continue to, to strive after you, Father, and to follow you always. In Jesus' name, amen. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to worship. Here I am.
from Matthew 9, verses 35 through 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Let's pray again. Lord, first off, I want to just thank you so much for bringing us out today. Please help us to... Uh, clear our minds a little bit and listen to you. Please speak into our hearts. And Lord, I want to thank you so much for the people here that are encouragers. And they, you never see them say anything out here or up front here, but they're always there taking care of, sending cards, just loving on us. Lord, thank you for those people. A lot of people hurting right now and uh, a lot of people sick and going through some stuff that's difficult. I'd ask that you please guide them, comfort them, love them, uh, help them not to feel forgotten. Lord, this, this world's going to give us trouble, like you said, but thank you so much for overcoming. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
So I found something out um, two nights ago. I can't remember very well. 
Um, I've always thought I would, could do a pretty good job remembering things until it was time for us. We were at the beach uh, this past week and we were trying to get things packed up to leave and I needed to go down to the car and get some zip ties that we use to you know, kind of keep the luggage tight. So I told Mandy I'm going to go get it. Had to go clear across the road to the parking lot because we had to park in overflow parking. I went down, did some stuff, walked all the way back and came in the room and I said, I can't believe it. I forgot the daggone zip ties. I said, I'll take another load of stuff down, I'll go get them. And I went down to go get them, and I did some things, and I came back, and I'm like, I forgot the zip ties again. <laughs> so I went and got the car and moved the car over in front of the building where we were, and I did some stuff, and I came back up, and I went, I still didn't get the zip ties. So I said, Levi, would you please, I can't remember to get the zip ties when I go down there, would you please go get the zip ties? So he went down there, and he said, and he called me, he's like, Dad, I don't see any zip ties. I said, well, I know they're in the middle console. Get them. I remember putting them there. He's like, Dad, I'm telling you, they're not down there. And I said, I'll come down and get them. Well, I hadn't even put them there. They were in the back. No wonder I wasn't finding them or, you know, remember to see them because they weren't in my line of sight. So I found out I can't remember very well, <laughs> even though I kind of feel like I should be able to. So <laughs> when it kind of lines us up for what we're doing this morning um, from a remembrance standpoint, it shows us something about ourselves. One, we, we need to have something set where, uh, where we remember. But it's, it's not just that. The other thing that I learned or that kind of came on me this week was when you remember something, um, it's pretty easy to remember the facts, right? So let's, since I just came back from the beach, probably a lot of people have been to the beach. If you can remember the beach, it's not the fact that, it's not the, the thing that you remember is there's sand there and there's water there and it's hot. It's, it's, you, we got to be more imaginative than that, right? It's that when you're there, and I'm not going to do as good a job, I'm not super creative, but when you're there and you're sitting in your chair, you're whatever, and you look up and you can feel how hot that sun is coming through your uh, your glasses or your eyelids, how good that feels sitting there, and you can feel that breeze that's always there coming off the water, and then how cold it is when you get in the water because you've been heated up by the sun, and that if you, like me, uh, are not the best at avoiding the waves and you get hit in the face with one, that your mouth gets full of sand, and you get that crunchy feel in your teeth because of the sand that you had, now you're starting to remember the beach, right? So you're, you're getting some some application to it. So I wanted to share something with you and I want to invite you to try and apply that to what I'm about to, what I'm about to read. Okay? So this is Luke chapter 22 <clears throat> and I'm kind of starting uh, in the middle, sorry. So this is verse 7 through 20. Then came the day of the unleavened bread <clears throat> on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to pre prepare for it? They asked. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where's the guest room where, <clears throat> where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished, make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. 
When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink it again, drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So we're all very familiar with, um, with that scripture, and we're very familiar with the fact that it says, do this in remembrance of me, but I don't know how much um, granularity we put behind that when we remember. And so I want to offer one, one, uh, one facet of it to you this morning. Um, <clears throat> and to help us go back to my, my silly example of going to the beach about being able to feel the, the, the sand in your teeth and the sun on your face and the air coming in off the ocean. We, in order to remember, remember Jesus well um, and properly, it's not that we remember facts necessarily, right? We're, we're looking for the things that help us to um, gain a better understanding of who he was and what he did and what he means uh, to us. So <clears throat> I've got some notes. I hope they make I hope they make sense to you. So, and I got to get to them. So, Jesus, um, what do we know Jesus as? He was the Lamb of God, right? And it says that it was time for Passover. And what did, what usually happened at Passover? That was when the Jews got together to remember. What God had told them, you got to remember this for all your generations, that this is the time I'm delivering you out of Egypt. And you're supposed to remember this from all your generations on, that on this night, something that you were delivered. So here's, here's what I want to, uh, to get to. So the setting of this is, is the final meal that Jesus is sharing uh, prior to uh, He's, his crucifixion, and he's, he's setting up a new memorial. And while uh, there was an order for the Passover feast to be observed annually, this one's going to be different, right? This is, this is a new thing coming. The typical meal was lamb, an unleavened bread, and then bitter herbs. But <clears throat> we also know that they were, they were sharing wine at the same time with this meal. So this is, this, is, this is happening, as I mentioned, at the time of Passover. So as, as this is being uh, brought to remembrance of, of deliverance from, from, uh, from Egypt and going forward, these inanimate objects are now getting new life put into them when Jesus is going through these steps with them um, from, from the lamb, because that is Jesus was the lamb of God, right? And the bread, and he said, that's why he goes on to say um, that his body is going to be broken uh, for them and that this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He is saying he is the Lamb of God. You need to partake in him. Um, and that's why previous, and I'm sorry I'm not being very 
fluid in my thoughts. I'm kind of jet lagged from yesterday's drive, but um, he even told us that his his flesh was was real food previous to this, right? Okay, so <clears throat> we we see a lot more granularity in this when we are able to remember that Jesus is fulfilling all of the things that happened in the Old Testament, bringing these things to a point at this point for us to being highlighted that he is the Lamb of God being sacrificed for us. We are to partake of him and remember him, who he was and what he meant to us. And I could go on, but we do not, I I want to be merciful around time, um, exactly how we should be able to to remember him. But it is a huge deal and something we've got to spend some time. And what I want to get back to is the ocean. You don't know those things unless you've been there. Um, unless you've sit still and taken the time to recognize those things. You've been there. You've, you've spent time to understand it. The same thing's true with Jesus. You can't remember him really. And we can't do what we should be doing at this time if we don't ever spend time learning who he is, what he meant, what he fulfilled, and what he means for us going forward. It, you can't reflect on yourself properly. So I hope that some of those thoughts made sense. And again, I apologize, they're not as fluid as I would like, but um, I want to invite you to remember Jesus um, as we get ready to partake of this communion. So let's, let's pray. Father, we come to you right now, um, and we're asking for uh, help from you, from your spirit, to remember Jesus. Father, we, um, we need help doing that, and... Uh, we are asking that, um, that you provide that help to us. Father, we know um, a lot of facts about Jesus, but we're asking you to help us to, to know him and to, um, to be changed by it, Father, because we know that we need to look at ourselves um, in his light, in your light, that, that, we, um, that we change and that we become more reflective of him and father we look back at uh, at your plan um, for Jesus to be offered before the foundation of the, of the world father that um, how much you loved us that you made that type of provision uh, for each one of us father um, that we were set free from sin and from death and that Jesus became uh, he took the curse on himself instead of us Father, we don't, um, we don't know how to say thank you the right way, but that's what we're trying to say is thank you. So help us at this time as we partake of this, uh, this bread representing Jesus' body, Father, to understand we're remembering your lamb um, that you sacrificed to make provision for us. Father, help us to, uh, to remember him the way that we should. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Let's continue our prayer. Father, we come to you again um, thankful for this fruit of the vine representing Jesus' blood. Father, we, um, we know from looking at your word um, that it was a part of the sacrifice, Father, that Jesus poured out his blood. Um, Father, and we are thankful for the things that it represents to us, uh, Father, for, for deliverance, um, from, uh, for cleansing, for purification, Father, that we, um, and, for, and for life, uh, Father, we, uh, we know that um, that is, that's where we live. Um, Father, we are so thankful for, um, for that sacrifice and, Father, that, uh, that we've been marked also, just like when the people of Israel were celebrating Passover, Father, that instead of blood on the doorposts, that those of us that belong to Jesus have been marked with, uh, with a seal of your spirit. And Father, we, we are thankful for that. Um, for all the things that are ours through Jesus. Father, I ask that you help us to um, consider um, what this fruit of the vine is representing and what it means to us, Father, that um, it can be real and that it's something that, again, provides um, freedom to us because of being uh, set free from sin and from death and that Father, that it gives us confidence um, as we look forward because of what it's, uh, uh, because of the mark that's been, been left on us, the deposit that's been left uh, in us. Father, we thank you for, uh, for it now and uh, ask that you help us to remember uh, as we continue through this service. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
our next song, whenever we're ready, I'm just going to give you a funny little story about this song. Not about this song, but about the slides on this song. So when we make slides for worship, there are two sources, I guess, that we can pull slides from. One's called the Paperless Hymnal, which is very similar to our songbooks. It has all the music notes and all that stuff. And then there's another folder. It's called the John Owens song sheets or something like that. I don't remember what it's called exactly. But that's these. So they don't have any song notes. So they're great because, you know, sometimes there are songs on there in that folder that there's not in the other one. But <laughs> they also pull little sneaky tricks on you and change up the lyrics that maybe you're not ready for. <laughs> and so a lot of times, like, I know what songs I want to pick, and so I'll just go in, I'll grab the slides, I'll pop them in a PowerPoint, and I'll, you know, kind of browse through them. I don't know if Jared or Sean, if you guys ever do this and make this mistake that I make often, but I'll just kind of browse through them and be like, yeah, it's, that's a song I want, and then, you know, move on. Well, so sometimes you miss that they miss that they change the lyrics up on you, so that's one of these. So um, the first part of this song is normal lyrics. The last part of the song, kind of the second uh, way through the song, they kind of took all the lyrics and threw them in a blender and then put them back on the slides. So it's going to be fun. Just hang with me, and I'll try to not get us too lost through here. Um, so after this song, um, we're going to have our little fellowship moment just to kind of walk around, shake hands, speak to each other. Then I'll bring everybody back in with a song, and with that song, we'll also dismiss to children's Bible time. So if you'd all stand with me, we'll get started on this. <clears throat> worthy Lord, my Lord is worthy, worthy now of praise. Worthy Lord, my Lord is worthy, worthy now of praise. And holy Lord, my Lord is holy, holy now and just. Holy Lord, my Lord. Take a few minutes there and say hi. 
We shall assemble on the mountain. We shall assemble at the throne. With humble hearts into his presence. We bring an offering of
Good morning, sunshine. Good morning, Jamie. Hey, it's good to see you all this morning. Let's pray and we'll keep going through the service. God, it's so good to be here uh, this morning with you, with your family. We know your word says that where there are two or three gathered together, I'm there in their midst. I'm doing my thing, loving my people, uh, encouraging, sharing, blessing, leading them. And God, we're counting on you to be that with us today. And that's wonderful to look at family and friends and loved ones here this morning. I pray, God, that you bless us, bless the classes that are taking place right now. And God, I pray that you would remind us of the incredible truths about you uh, that, that we're looking at in Scripture today, God, but also the, remind us of the things, just call them back as we hear your word read, as we sing the th- songs we've sung of your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness to us throughout our lives, but throughout the lives of others that we have lived with or shared life with, or we've read in your word, God, remind us that you're the one, you're the amazing and the wonderful one. And I pray that you, Father, would move me out of the way. I pray you'd help us to get beyond, way beyond me, to you. You are so good, and we love you. And it's in your son's name we pray, amen, and amen, and amen. So the scripture reading this morning, Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom. Jesus has shown up. God has shown up. He's hanging out with his people. He's redeeming them. The good news of the kingdom. Jesus is not bad news. He's good news. He didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. The strugglers, the the broken, the lost, all of those, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, Right? The laborers are few, so pray the Lord of harvest to send out reapers or workers into his harvest field. We pray that the Lord of harvest would send. And, 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 and the key, you know, the things we've been looking at over the last few weeks, give me your eyes, just thinking along the lines of us seeing, God helping us to see how he sees. So difficult to see sometimes, right? It's like you can't, we would say you can't see the forest for the trees, and um, I just remembered the word. I looked it up yesterday because I couldn't remember it, and then I forgot it. I even wrote it down here in my notes somewhere. The, you know how this works? The, the, uh, the, um, remember the images, they, the, the, the 3D images that, they, they, that, that people design or they put up that you, at one point you see this, this crazy forest, and then you move it just a little bit, and all of a sudden there's a dinosaur. Or you move it, and there's a cave, and there's all kinds of things coming out of it. It's hard to see. It's difficult to see sometimes. I know some of you are going, I know that word, and I just can't find it right now, you know? But, but, but you know, you're looking, and you're like, whoa, and that's us so often in life. You know, we're, we're looking at something, and we're truly not seeing. It's like me going, Kristen, where's the milk? She's like, it's right in front of you. I'm like, no, it's not. And it's out spoiling somewhere. I know it is. Like, no, it's right in front of you. No, it's not. It's not here. Here's the milk. Where are my keys? I don't know where my keys are, you know? I'm like, Gabe, when he's, you know, he's up here talking about forgetting something, I'm like, yeah, so now you know what it feels like to be me. So this is what it feels like to be you for once. My shoes, my phone, you know, where, where are my glasses? You know, they're on your face. Sometimes we can't see well, we don't see. And so with the, moving along the theme of give me your eyes this morning, we're going to look at to see, we hope to see what or like God sees. Beautiful story, beautiful call for us. 
To do that, we need to go back to the Old Testament. Some of you know the story of, of the prophets as, as, uh, as God sent prophets to call back Israel. You know, God had led them, blessed Israel, loved them well. They did not love him so well. They give, he gives them Saul, he's bad. David, he struggles. Solomon comes along, and shortly after Solomon, the kingdom's divided. Prophet after prophet after prophet. Turn back to God, turn back to God, turn back to God. Elijah comes along and does great things, but Elisha, when, when, when he is tabbed, the next prophet, he asks for something really cool. Elisha did incredible miracles. Looking in 1st, 2nd Kings, you'll, you'll read their stories. Elijah asked for, Elisha asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. He's asking, he wants, to, he wants to be like his son, you know, that's what would happen to the firstborn son. I don't want to get stuck here. But also he, he wanted to be more, be great. He wanted to do things for God and be super real about all of that. And so, so he is given a double portion of Elijah's spirit. So, so you, you should expect and we should expect great things from him and great things happen. You know, there's a widow she only has two sons, and, and, and she goes to Elijah, Elisha, Elisha, by the way, and she says, hey, um, my, my husband's passed away, and the debtors are coming to take what I have, and he's like, what can I do for you? What do you have in your house? And she's like, I just have an old jar of, of olive oil, and he says, well, go to all your neighbors, ask for all their jars of olive oil, close the door behind you and your sons, and start pouring, right? You know this story, pouring, pouring, she got all the jars and the whole, you know, it's like the... The, uh, the folks who taught us well in, in years past, you know, they got all these mason jars everywhere collecting these. You could just see this woman, you know, with all these mason jars, her son just pouring out of this one jar, and it must have been just awesome. What is going on here right now? And she pours and pours and pours. It's like the feeding of a 5,000 all over again, you know, in a different way. And, and finally, the, the, she fills the last jar. She's like, go get another jar. They're like, Mom, we got every jar in town. There are no jars left. And she's like, what? And then the oil stopped pouring she goes to Elijah, Elisha and says, look at this. And he goes, all right, sell that, pay your debt. Sell that, take care of your kids. Isn't that cool? There's another woman, a Shunammite woman, and, and her husband, Elisha's always passing through town, and, she's, and, and she invites him to eat dinner one day. And then she t- says to her husband when he leaves, hey, you know, um, I think that guy's a man of God. Maybe we should build a room, give him a little chair, a little bed. When he comes through, he can sleep here. And so he comes through one, one time, and he says to her, you know, to, his, to Gehazi, his, his servant, hey, call in the Shunammite. The Shunammite. She comes in. What can we do for you? Nothing. I have a home among my people. She leaves. He says to his servant, what can we do for her? And he says she doesn't have a son. He calls her back in. Elisha does. You're going to have a son next year. Don't get my hopes up. Don't do this to me. No, it's going to happen. She has a son. Shortly after that, he dies. Why did you do this to me? And Elisha lays on his son, brings him back to life in the Lord. He does so many cool things. There's, uh, they're they're, they're, they're uh, working on a pot of stew. Someone puts some, something weird in it. It's poison. Starts killing people. Elisha you know, puts a little salt in it. It's all good. He deals with some water that's poison. They're trying to drink it. He heals the water or the well. Elisha is a cool guy. He does neat things. He's the one who told Naaman. Remember this story? Naaman, the, the Syrian, uh, he has this, uh, has leprosy. Go dip seven times in the Jordan. That's Elisha. Go dip. He dips. He's well. This is the guy we're talking about today. Elisha is a problem because he's in Israel, and a lot of people want to overthrow Israel. They're divided, and he's the one calling them back. 
So the king of Aram decides he's going to go do war against Israel. And, sorry, Elisha, everywhere he goes, where the king, where the king of Aram goes to fight against the Israelites and ambush the king, Elisha tells the king, hey, don't go there. They're going to be there, and they're going to attack you. And so he doesn't go. And he tells him not to go here. He doesn't go there. Wherever he tells him not to go, he doesn't go. And Aram shows up. He's not there. And so finally, the king of Aram says to his people, he calls all of his officers, he says, tell me who, and this is what he says here. It's pretty cool if I remember to turn this on. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. This is how amazing Elisha is. He's so tight with God. None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Isn't that awesome? Right now you should be thinking, the God that's calling me to serve him is greater than anything else offered to me anywhere else. Whatever you feel is twisted about that, hand that to the people who try to represent him. Because we're the ones that thwart all the cool things that God's trying to do in the world. We're the selfish ones. We're the abusive ones. We're the ones that get off track sometimes. He is never off track. He's always awesome and saving and loving and healing. And so he tells them everything you do in your bedroom. Wow. Well, then go get him. See, that doesn't seem like a good plan. Go capture him and bring him to me. I'm like, I don't know, you know, how that's going to go down for you. So he sends a vast army, and you know how this story goes if you are a student of Scripture, even remotely. You've heard it since you were a kid. They surround the, the city that, that Elisha is in, and in the morning, his servant gets up, goes outside, and sees this massive army surrounding them. And his words are, and it's like these chariots and horses. It's just not like a few guys with a gun. They didn't have guns back then, but you know what I'm saying. It's like they've got all these chariots and horses, and the really bad things are going to happen. And so the servant goes, oh, my Lord. I mean, really, he's like, what is going to go on here now? And Elisha, you know, in, in that moment just says, you know, hey, don't, don't worry about this. Do not fear are his words. Do not fear. Check this. Don't be afraid. How many times does the Bible call us on that one? How many times has God reminded us, don't be afraid, do not fear, don't be afraid, do not fear. Have courage. Don't lose heart. Come on, come on, come on, come on. This is a big deal. God is still in control. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Don't read ahead yet. Just take a moment and take that in. Really? Because it looks like it's just you and me here right now. And I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I've been in these conversations before. And we've all been in places we shouldn't be before. It's like, I do not think we have numbers on our side right now. It's like, don't worry about them. I mean, just look around. It looks pretty. I think I like our odds here. He's like, I do not like our odds. And so he pauses and then he says, he prays and he asks him, open his eyes, Lord. Open his eyes or something He's not seeing. There's a, there's a powerful truth to these words right here for all of us. We're not going to go into that right now. But let yourself wrestle. Hear the words, but don't just hear the words. Do what we're supposed to do with the Bible, man. Be, be introspective. When he's talking, listen. When he's saying things, go, huh. 
I wonder how that fits my life. Don't assign things that aren't of us now, today. Obviously, this is to Elijah, or Elisha. This is about Elisha and the Israelites. But God is a pretty awesome God, and he's always trying to open our eyes. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw, he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. What? I, I, see, when, when don't be afraid. I mean, some, yeah, I mean, some of us, right? We're going to leave here. We have stories. We have things going on. We have battles and struggles. Real life is real life. It doesn't go on hold because you went to church today. But, but this God is the God you serve. The one who, when he's being crucified on a cross, says, I'm not worried about this. I've got to say is, what's up? And he's sending 12 legions of angels to defend me. I do not need to defend myself here. He's never been out of control, never wringing his hands, wondering what's going to happen next. Oh, dear. Is Russia going to, is China, is the United States going to, are we going to, what's happening? Is TikTok right? Because if they are, oh, no. <laughs> Not knocking social media. I think I have it all. But you know, I don't listen to everybody speaking around me, let alone everybody speaking everywhere. I probably should listen a lot more. Anyway, that's another story. Chariots of fire all around them, all right? That's where the story pauses. I mean, there are chariots of fire. Don't worry. Those who are with us are, are greater than the ones with them. I don't get it. And then boom. His eyes are open, you know. He twists the canvas or the, the picture. It's like, oh, a dinosaur. Oh, chariots of fire. Oh, God is around. This is pretty awesome. But the army attacks. And as they're driving down on Elisha and Gehazi, Elisha prays again, God, <laughs> blind them. <laughs> We don't want this to happen. And he blinds them. They're all like all these armies coming down on him. And suddenly they're all blind and they don't know what to do. And Elisha says, come with me. Follow me. I will take you to the man you're looking for because this is not the road and this is not the city you're looking for. Now that's very interesting. Isn't that powerful? Thousands or hundreds or whatever the story unfolds, there's a guy here and all he's got is prayer. And the next thing you know, he's leading this great army that was coming to destroy him. And they're all blind. And he leads them right into Samaria, right to the king of Israel. Give them their vision back. And God opens their eyes. And have you ever been somewhere you don't belong? I'm telling you, I've been places where I don't belong, where I wondered if I might not get it. I'm not, this is no short, I'm not going into the story, another story, but where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to live through this one. God, you got to help me. And that was the prayer I prayed. I don't know what's happening here right now, God, but you got to help me out of this one. That's where these guys are. They're there in the middle of Samaria, and the king is standing before them. And his words are, shall I kill him, Father? Shall I kill them all? That's a pretty dark day. Suddenly, the tables have turned drastically. And Elijah says, do not kill them. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. Oh, but he didn't just feed them. So he prepared a great feast for them. 
And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away, and they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. How about a tutorial on life in God? How about everything's falling apart, God? What are we going to do? These guys hate me. Well, I won't let them hurt you. So then can I get back even with them? No, how about you serve them? Wow. Does this sound like Jesus in the Old Testament or what? Does it sound like grace and mercy and kindness in the Old Testament? I, if it doesn't, you need to tutor me, man, because I'm like listening to the very words of God in service and love. If your enemy hates you, if you treat, if you, you know the words, right? So they're coming down to kill me, this vast army. Don't let it happen. Boom chariots of fire pray they're blind lead them to Samaria should I kill no feed them okay feed them well love them well serve them well so the story has a lot of depth to it one of the interesting parts of this I I remember just just uh, quickly my dad you know my dad's a good man um he did something one time he took me along with him on a lot of excursions I would call them um there was a a friend slash relative that was struggling with some things, and my dad, I found out later, was more involved in the story than I knew. He's basically having a one-man intervention with this person. He'd been trying to get with him and connect with him, and you know when we're struggling, we're a lot less open to encouragement, right? We're a lot less open to being, you know, dis- having things discussed with us. We, those we love, we run from. We don't pick up the phone when the call comes in. It's like, I can't have this conversation right now because I know they're going to say, you probably shouldn't be. How about we have some coffee? And we're stuck between guilt and shame and knowing we shouldn't. But if we talk, I'm going to have to do something. How about just a little longer? Leave me alone for a bit. You know all the things we're talking about. So my dad says, hey, let's go. Uh, might need your help. And I'm just a kid. I'm like, okay, whatever. I like this guy. And when we get there, my dad, he's not home, but my dad, surprising to me, has access. And he goes in and he begins to throw away, like, pour out alcohol, bottles of stuff. I don't even know what it was. Down, 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 down. And then papers, magazines that I'm like, okay, if I see those, my dad's probably going to kill me today. And then I'm not. So, so I'm convinced in this moment, you know, vision? I'm convinced in this moment, this person I love. I mean, I love my dad. That's not what I'm talking about. This person that we're working with here, he's working with it. I'm just like stunned. I'm like, he's doing all this. Oh, he's going to hell. And he's probably going to die tomorrow. There's no way he can be drinking and not be dead. The Lord's going to kill him. He can't be looking at his magazines because I know the Lord's going to kill him because I've heard the sermons. You don't do that. You don't do that. You have to die. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, I, I don't even know this, man. My dad's like, I'm like, I didn't even know he knew what that stuff was. Just pour it out, throw it in the garbage, lights a fire. Burns it all. Years later, I find out what a close relationship. I learned a lot. Exactly what the person needed, exactly the time he needed it. A wonderful child of God today, we tell stories. Probably not your textbook approach, but it worked very well. But I left there that day thinking, do not mess with your dad. (laughs) Do not mess with your dad, no matter what. I learned I want my dad on my side forever. My vision wasn't full at the time. I couldn't see. I was kind of shocked. I was kind of afraid. 
I was just knew things were wrong and don't deal with that. Kristen put up some pictures a few weeks ago of our 25th wedding anniversary. She's going through the pictures, through the photo albums. She's like, oh, look at you. This is so cute. Your forehead was flat at the time. That was before I, the hammer deal in Honduras, you know. And then people, you know, they're getting on Facebook and they're texting me and going, oh, wow, you guys haven't changed a bit. You look the same as you were back then. And I thought, you haven't changed a bit either. You're still lying today like you did <laughs> back then. There's nothing different about you at all. We're both the same. Things change. Vision, vision. you know, sometimes we see, sometimes we don't. God's calling us to see better. What does the story of Elijah teach us? Elisha teaches about vision. Prayer is huge. You are invited into heaven every time you're, you wake up in the morning. If you wake up in the middle of the night, wherever you wake up, whenever you wake up, you are invited into heaven's throne room. And your opinion counts. It's like you're on the council. You're on the board. And God's like, yeah, well, what do you think today? What's on your mind today? How can we serve today? What can we do for you today? Oh, crisis, how can we help? Oh, man, you want that to be blessed? What can we do? Your prayers are huge. They move heaven. They absolutely bend heaven toward you. You're not a hassle. You're not a bother. You're not an afterthought. You're like, oh my goodness, will they nag me to death? Jesus actually taught something, a, 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 a parable about nagging, by the way. And he said, do it to God. Go after him. Bother him. At least it would show you believe, right? So do it. Ask, 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 ask. God opened his eyes. Boom, I see. God, make them blind. Boom, they're blind. God, give them sight. Boom, they have sight. Bring back her son. Boom, give her a son. Boom, make this pot work. Just always. When God speaks of Elijah, when, when Scripture speaks of Elijah later in the New Testament, he says he was a man just like us. Interesting. What else do we learn? We have no clue what God is doing daily for us, through us, because of us, to help us, to serve us, to protect us. Why was it an accident? Why did I have to be in that accident? Well, I mean, it, it was just a fender bender. You didn't die. Maybe down the road. I don't know. You've heard the stories. I don't know. I can't speculate about all these things. But I know we have no understanding of all that God's doing because while Elijah is here with Gehazi thinking, look at this vast army about to attack us, God had them surrounded and protected by a more vast army. I'd like to say a vaster army, but I don't think that works. So we'll just leave that alone for now. But you do have his spirit in you. And he does clearly say that his angels are ministering spirits. He's looking out for you to bless you and to love you. What else? Well, he's rescuing you, rescuing you daily, and he's calling you. Here's one that we have to settle into deeply, because this is where Jesus lived. To be kind to your enemies. Be kind to those who persecute you. Be kind to those who you're struggling with, who you battle with. Man, you do not, no matter what you've heard, no matter what was said to you, no matter who teaches you, God leaves no space for hate, for being just plain mean or nasty or just, that's just me. No, no, no. You died to you. I died to me. I don't get to do that anymore. 
I do. And then I say, man, I stink. I'm sorry. I got to be different. You don't get to just be you acting out of your base nature. When you're losing hope, look around. When you're losing hope, look around and encourage others to do the same. Most of all, remember this. The Satan is at work trying to destroy you. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? And then the last one, 1 John 4. We'll read this scripture. We'll have an invitation. He reminds us of how much the story is still the same. The one who is with us is greater than those who are against us. You, dear children, he's writing the story about how to not give in to Satan and the battles and the flesh and the struggle here in 1 John 4. And then he says, you, dear children, are, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You don't lose heart. You don't lose hope. You don't struggle with vision. Why? Because he's in me. I can slow down and give him a moment. Teach me to see this differently. And when we talk about over the last few weeks as we wrap up this series, the, the fields are white for the harvest. Send forth reapers. If you think there are folks not worthy of saving, and if you think the folks in the world are yucky and sticky and junky and uh, then you have a vision problem. You have a vision issue because they're no yucky, sticky, whatever the other words were I said, then we are. The difference is we've been allowing Jesus to make us less those things, saving us from ourselves. And his call is he wants to save everybody because he loves the world. He didn't send his son to condemn the world. Hey, this is the invitation. I'm praying that all of our eyes are open, starting with me. I need to see better, and we all do. So if you're struggling with this in any way, I encourage you to come up and hang out on the front row or just call one of our elders. They'll pray with you, Tim, or I will pray with you. If you're not a child of God, if you've, if you've not enjoyed this, you know, proclaiming the good news that Jesus came to save the world, if you've not given your life to him, our, one of our elders would love to immerse you into him. Today, it could be today, but it could be whenever it works for you. But whatever you desire, why don't you come as we stand and sing. The joy of the Lord will be my strength. I will not falter, I will not faint. He is my shepherd, I am not afraid. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord, the joy.
Good to see all of you out. Uh, I want to thank the guys that participated in the service this morning, especially uh, Gabe in that uh, uh, communion service. Thank you, Gabe. There's several things in the bulletin I want to highlight, some changes. Uh, we need to add uh, a name on our prayer list, uh, George Keaton. Keaton, K-E-E-T-O-N. This is uh, Jeff Hayward's brother-in-law. He had a, a, a rather severe stroke, and it seems like we've been plagued with that lately. So keep add, add George to our prayer list. Keep him in your mind. And also, just keep all of those in the prayer list. Uh, be mindful of them and, and uh, do what we can to encourage them, to remember them, send them cards. Keep them in your prayers. Uh, one note, a change in the bulletin. Today was to be the last day to take pictures for the directory, and that'll be rescheduled. We'll, we will have another chance at that a little bit later. There'll be an informational meeting today about the backpack giveaway. So uh, I suppose that'll be over in the annex. So keep that in mind. Also, uh, I have a note that the Sunshine Free, free Sale, which is July 29th, uh, the room is ready to accept those items over in the fellowship hall. Uh, camp is mentioned there a couple times. I can't believe it. It's a week from today. Camp, along with the Sunshine Day Camp, uh, will be happening, so keep that in mind and pray for that. Um, P.J. Glauder has been having a cancer support group on Monday evening. Um, keep that in mind, and also the blood drive. One other thing, I handed a card from Debbie Razor. I wanted to mention that we're glad to see her here this morning, as, as well as Steve Williams and others that have been been ill and glad to see him out. Anyway, Debbie's note says, Dear Sunshine family, thank you so much for your prayers, beautiful cards, and get well wishes. And a million, a million and me thank, and one thanks. With your prayers and God blessings, I feel so much better. And it's good to see her here today. Along with the... Uh, with the directory, this is something that you can prepare for. These little informational sheets are back on the 
on the uh, Welcome Center to fill out the information about, personal information about you. This evening, our, our evening service is going to be a little bit different. We're going to have uh, prayer and singing. So we do that occasionally, and that'll be this evening. So please come back for that. Um, if you have uh, any, any question about how you should live this afternoon, as well as next week and the rest of your life, uh, I want to read Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 7. It is good to be alive, to enjoy the light of day. A person ought to enjoy every day of his life. This is true no matter how long he lives. So keep that in mind as you, as you go through your week. If you stand with me now, let's, uh, we'll go to God in prayer and be dismissed. God, we thank you for this service this morning. Thank, thank you for those who participated. Uh, please go with us through the afternoon. And like we just read, uh, help us to enjoy our life. Help us to be a light to others. And thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.